Awesome. Well, if you've got your Bible, we're going to open our Bibles up, and uh, we might need a little bit more house light if people are going to read their Bibles. Uh, and uh, that's awesome. It's subtle, eh? See how I did that? And, uh, and uh, we're going to do that in just a second. Um, if you've got your Bible, turn to um, Isaiah chapter 7. We're going to read our first passage from there. Um, very, very cool. Do you know, um, one of the things, I don't know uh, how many people are middle-aged. We well, can't answer that because you don't know when you're going to die. But um, if you're over, how many people are over 35, right? So push into woods 40, give us a wave. Uh, how many people just feel sorry for those, those decrepit individuals? Uh, yeah, raisin-like humans. Uh, uh, all the happy grapes, give us a wave if you're under 35. And all the raisins over 35, give us a wave. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very good. But we're, but we're, but we're cool raisins, eh? Because we sing as well. So like the California raisins, yeah, 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 yeah. We're not just, we're not just dehydrating. We're also happy. The um, but as you get older, I know when I was, when you're younger, you just do your life, right? You just do things. Anyone, anyone like that? And uh, when you're younger, you just did things. I, I used to just say, you know, we might find this hard to believe. I know Kahui would find this hard to believe. But when I was younger, I used to just say whatever I want. Whatever I wanted. If it crossed my mind, I would say it. Hey, you know, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, you, look, you look terrible today. Oh, you know, or I would just, whatever, whatever my opinion was in any moment, I would just say it loudly and enthusiastically. But as you get older, as you'll notice, I've, I've changed significantly. So now, when I'm just saying whatever I want, in the back of my mind, there's a small voice going, don't say that. Uh, whereas used to, I used to not have that voice. Now I have to ignore this voice all the time. Uh, but, but really, truly, as you get older, you start to think a little bit more about how you, how you are in the world. Like when, when you're younger, you just happen to your friends and you just, you just happen in your family, right? And, and you, just, you just go to work and you just do, you know, and break things and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Anybody know what I mean? You know, but as you get older, you start to be a bit more, you start to be a bit more conscious. Maybe it's being a little bit more self-aware, a little bit more aware of others even. This new concept of others, other people, you know. Right? You know, I used to just blast my horn and pull the fingers at anyone who cut me off. Like just, now I think, oh, that could be, that person could be, you know, on the balance of probabilities, that person could be much stronger than me. Do you know what I mean? They might have easy access to the entire lever. Do you know what I mean? Even that person could be angrier than me. I used to just blast my horn. I used to shout out the window, driving my Toyota Corolla around Paraparam like with all the other Bogans. Anybody else used to shout out the side window of your car? I had low seats. Anyone have a Corolla with low seats? Really low seats. Did anyone ever, Does anyone, anyone here ever shout it out the window of your open car? Just, yeah, yeah, come on. Come on. Join the Bogan Appreciation Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one? Anyway. But as you get older, you start to think about, you actually, you actually make some conscious choices or you have the opportunity to make conscious choices about how you're actually going to be in the world. What sort of person are you going to be? Are you going to be the sort of person who drives around a terrible car shouting obscenities out the window? Or are you going to approach life differently? And, you know, however you choose to live is however you choose to live. Uh, but the reality is I think that in Christmas, in this picture of Jesus coming into the world, Jesus made this deliberate arrival, and he was someone in the world right from the word go. And, we're, and, and, and in the way Jesus is in the world gives us a picture of some, I think, of how we can live in the world. 
how we can approach life, how we can approach people, how we can approach relationships, how we can approach the idea of living in community. I love, I love, I do not love oak spaghetti. I do not love oak spaghetti. I just want to say that. If it's not Waddy's, it's going straight in the bin. But, um, but, but I love Amanda's idea around the spaghetti cans for us as a church. Hey, just take a can and then just eat the spaghetti or don't eat anything. I'll just, be, I'll just eat nothing rather than eat oak spaghetti, right? But, uh, or I'll buy my own can of Waddy spaghetti, right? But just eat something different, put some money aside, make someone a, a Christmas cake, buy someone some roses, chocolates, and go to their house and just bless them, right? I love it because it forces all of us to be in our worlds a little bit more. Because what we could do is we could just say, hey, we're, we're collecting cans and we're going to give it to the downtown city mission, which that's the sort of thing we've done in the past. And that's awesome as well, right? But then we don't have to be anywhere to do that, right? We can just be at church, give the can, and the can will go and be somewhere in the world, right? With what we're doing is, hey, we're going to give you a can. We're going to give you the inanimate object. And we want you to be a blessing in your environment, in your neighborhood, in your, even amongst your family. Whoever God puts on your heart to be a blessing to, across December, why would, let's reach out and be a blessing to them. Do you know, the reason I like it is because that's how Jesus was in the world. You know, the Bible's really clear that God didn't send an angel to save the world, but He could have. God could have saved the world like that. God didn't, God didn't just send people to bring His message, but God Himself came, right? So the first scripture is from Isaiah. This is one of the very earliest sort of Isaiah, of Isaiah's prophecies about Christ. And it's Isaiah chapter 7, verses 14. And it's a little bit of a, it's a funny old reference. You can read the context around it. But really this one verse is the one that's got the, the messianic type prophecy in it. And this one would be familiar to you, right? This is a bit of a Christmas card type scripture. It says, all right then. Uh, probably behold, in the versions that some of you older people are reading, uh, behold, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she'll give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us, right? See, God cons- God's considered, God is authentic, uh, God's influential, He's connected, God is spiritual, right? All these things that we want to be in our world, we want to be authentic, we want to be spiritual, and we want to be connected, we want to be real, right? That's why we tell each other all the time, just keep it real. Obviously, there's a, you know, a, a, a whole, uh, whole propensity to just go fake all the time, right? So we keep reminding each other just to keep it real, even to our best friends to say, keep it real. Uh, but but Jesus, in coming to the earth, this, this picture of this of Messiah coming, uh, a virgin's going to conceive and give birth to a son. God didn't just appear. God, God was fully incarnate. God, God didn't. God didn't. In the Old Testament, he, His Spirit had come upon people, but now the Spirit of God was going to be fully enmeshed with the life of a single human being. That the Spirit of God would be incarnate means to, means to become one with the flesh of that being, right? So the Holy Spirit came upon David, and the Holy Spirit came upon Moses, and the Holy Spirit came upon Noah. They are not in order, right? There's all different, wrong order, right? The Holy Spirit came upon all these heroes of the Old Testament, but this is the prophecy of Isaiah that God's not just going to come upon people anymore, but God Himself is going to appear as a person in the world around us, right? And so we read about it in John chapter 1. So if you've got a Bible, jump across to John chapter 1. And I want to look at this one uh, from the New Living Translation. And then, Justin, brace yourself. We're going to try and do the message as well. 
Okay, you're looking, looking nervous. We'll see. Well, if not, I'll just remember the bit that I want. Uh, verse 14 says this. So the Word became human. The older translations say what? The Word became flesh, right? The, world be- the Word became flesh and became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Are you ready, Jay? It's going to go. Come on. Uh, you've changed the verse rather than the... Uh, okay. Go, Maddie. Go, Maddie. Okay, what about that? It's 100. 100, 100 runs, 74. Ball, come on. Yeah, okay. Uh, just back to... No, no, back to John 1. That's, that's my next scripture for the big wrap-up at the end. It's my punchline scripture that's going to make him all cry. Uh, here we go. John 1. Well, should we just do the punchline now? We will go home early. Right. Um, okay, the end. No, the end, I'm just going to say, uh, no. What about Colin de Gronholm? Come on. That's a lot of runs he scored. Anyone watch that? Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's good. <laughs> okay, the scripture we're after is John chapter 1. Uh, verse, okay, it says this, I'll do that, <laughs> what, I, what I should do is, if only people like invented like paper and pens, I could have written it down <laughs> on this notebook here, right, yeah, 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 or if there's a thing like Google, I could have opened my phone and read it to you, but anyhow, the, the, the message translation says that the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And I love that picture that God would move into the neighborhood, that He would become a human. God would choose to dwell in flesh, became flesh and blood, right, and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like the Father, like the Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. I don't know if you can understand that the reality of this is that Jesus is the unique incarnate presence of God in a human being, and that people saw in Jesus, like this, the writer saying, we saw the glory of God, the unique glory, we saw the glory of the Father, glory of the Son, we saw God Himself in Jesus. Do you know, I'm praying for myself this Christmas, I'm praying for you this Christmas, that God would be more visible than He ever has been before. I think for so often we settle for a God in the distance. Sometimes we close our eyes and imagine God, and He's beyond the clouds, which is a wonderful picture of God that He's elevated and that He's above things and that He's over things and He's in control and He's got power, right? It's good to know how many of those. It's good to know that God's in heaven, God's in power, that God is on high, right? But God's not just that, that God is fully imminent, fully present. The reason we light candles is because they create presence, they remind us that God is present. That's the tradition of candles. Well, also, they, you can see stuff after you've lit a candle. It's a practical application. But spiritually, they remind us of God's imminent presence, that He's here in the space, right? Everyone say visible. I like the idea that the Word of God became flesh and blood. God became visible. When God, came, when God decided to define Himself... He just put himself in our plain sight. 
He, we, there's the Ten Commandments, and there's the tabernacle, and there's sacrifices. These all paint pictures of God, right? There's all of the creation, right? But when God wanted to fully be present in His creation, He came as a human being who grew up in a, in a, in a, in a, in a small village amongst a normal family, learned a trade, did a job, right? Was friends with fishermen, friends with ordinary people, Right? And he lived in order. Like, the, the, I don't think we got, sometimes we forget that he's God. That God, you know, God decided that he would be a carpenter. Ah, I think that'd be good fun. God decided that he would be born in that time and in that place. He decided that hey, that's, a, that's, a, that's a reasonably good place for growing up. I'll grow up there. God decided who his friends would be. God decided who he would relate with. And then God decided, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, he, God decided to be real. God decided to walk places. Well, I don't know if I would walk places if I didn't have to. You know, have you, have you, been in the, have you ever been in a big airport? They've got the travel, travelator. And then there's someone who's just so awesome, they're just going to walk next to the travelator. But they're still going to beat everybody, right? They're going to get to the plane, and you don't want to sit next to them because they're sweating. Right? Like, if, if you had an option... If you had an option, if you had an option for it all to be easy, like if you were God, would you just do it the same way everyone else? Would you, would you do your apprenticeship? Oh, no, I'll just get the certificate. But God was real. God became real. He became flesh and blood, and he moved into the neighborhood. He was real. Do you know, sometimes God's more real with us than we're with him. You know, I think most of the time God's made himself more visible to us than we've made ourselves visible to Him. Oh, God can see everything, Jordan. Yes, He can. But when in our conversations with God, do we have a conversation with a flesh and blood God who's moved into our neighborhood? When we pray to God, do we pray to Him like He doesn't know what it's like to have a job? Oh, it's so hard. Can you imagine? He's a qualified builder. Jesus is a qualified builder. Can you imagine what he would say to you if you were continually moaning about your job? The same thing every qualified builder says to every apprentice. You know, we'll get your concrete pills, eh? You know, you need to harden up. Right? Speaking of workplaces, do you know that Pachi Tai in the corrections department was awarded a ministerial thing? Which we, I can't remember the thing that's called, like an award. A ministerial excellence award. Uh, for all of the begin people who began in the last six months to a year within corrections and probation, he was the top dog out of all of them. Pretty awesome, eh? Pretty awesome. But Jesus is real. Jesus had a job. Jesus went to work. Jesus had a mum who told him what to do. We, even in the Bible, Jesus' mum was telling him what to do, right? But when we talk to God, do we talk to God like He doesn't know what it's like? Do we talk to God like He like He that He's distant? Do we reach out to Him, or do we understand that He's also not just way out there? He's also right here with us. You know, I wonder how visible do we make ourselves to God? How visible do we make ourselves to each other? You know, if God could make Himself a flesh and blood person and shift into the neighborhood, what would it like? For we like for you to be a flesh and blood person in your neighborhood, like, like a real person, not just a car that arrives down a driveway and then lights that go on in the house and lights go off and then the car drives out. What would it be? Look, how, 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 
How flesh and blood are we amongst our neighborhood? How flesh and blood are we even in church? How real are we? How visible are we? Everyone say visible. Uh, do you know the other thing, you know, I love this idea that Jesus moved into the neighborhood. God would move into the neighborhood. I don't know, if I like, oh, let's have pancakes. Have you ever woken up? Let's have pancakes. Yeah, it's a good feeling, eh? If, you do, if that, yeah, maybe you will tomorrow right, after I've said this, right? Let's have pancakes. Anybody, anybody woken up, that's a good feeling, right? Ah, oh, let's have pancakes. And someone's like, yeah, someone's got the energy to make the pancakes, the mixture, right? Uh, that's the beauty of having teenage children. Mavin always got the energy to make the pancake mixture, right? But then you go to the kitchen to make the pancake mixture, and you have no eggs. Anyone have this also, this feeling also, right? Now, how many people know you don't need eggs if you have neighbors? Right? If you know your neighbors, you can wake up, oh, I want to have pancakes. You can go to the cupboard and, oh, I've got no pancakes. And then you can say to your next teenage son, uh, Elliot, run down, down the road to the Hoopers and borrow two eggs. Right? And then he'll drop one on the way. How do I do, what was he doing? He dropped the egg on the way. He was, he was trying to hold it with, it was cold. It had been in the fridge, I think. And he was trying to hold it with just two fingers, right? Or he was trying to hold it, balance on a, yeah, anyway. Anyway, the egg stain is still on the footpath. But he went back, they had another egg, got another egg. Brilliant. We didn't find out about it until later. Chrissy saw the egg stain and then the story came out that he'd come twice and got eggs. Uh, but you know, God made himself available. Not just visible, he's available. He didn't, God didn't become flesh and blood and move into a gated community. God didn't become flesh and blood and get the penthouse apartment with a security guard at the front. He moved into the neighborhood. That he's made himself available. That God's the sort of God who we can go and borrow eggs from. Oh, I need a cup of sugar. Mum used to send us for always the time for, yeah, I'll get a cup of sugar. Do, anyone else like that? Do you know, back in the day, that's what you did in a neighborhood. You borrow stuff off each other, right? Why? Because nobody could be bothered going up to the shops. Why? Because people didn't have any money to buy stuff till shopping day, right? It's easy enough to get another cup of an extra cup of sugar. I don't know if you buy it by the cup, but but the reality is sometimes sometimes we forget that God's moved into the neighborhood. If if someone comes and knocks on your door th- tomorrow morning, it's Monday, but let's say next Saturday morning, knocks on your door and says, "Oh, hey, I just live next door. We're just making pancakes. Can I borrow two eggs?" I don't, know, I don't know how offended you would be. If the next door neighbor, you know the p- person who's looking out for your house when you're not there, if they come over and they knock on the door and say, oh, I just need two eggs, I'm making pancakes. Are you going to be offended? Are you going to be angry? You're, you're not, right? But when we approach God, what, how do we approach God? Oh, oh, I just, you know, God, I just live, ne- I don't know if you know where I live, I just live next door, but maybe you've never seen me before, I was just wondering, possibly, please, maybe, uh, if it's not too much trouble, I wonder if we could just borrow half an egg, just half an egg, uh, you know, I wouldn't dare ask for a whole egg, just half an egg, maybe just the shell, we could crush up the shell, uh, and get a little bit of feel of egg in our pancake, the reality is this, God's in the neighborhood, right, so God's made himself available to us, you know, I, re- I always, people always talk about uh, old people, again, middle-aged people. We always talk about, oh, back in my day, you know, we'd come home from school and we'd be out of the house all afternoon until da- after dark. We wouldn't know you, right? Right, we used to have the run of the town. Oh, none of this computer games and inter- interweb. Oh, we would be out and about having fun, good, honest, healthy fun, right? Oh, not today, no, it's a world PC gone mad. The whole world PC gone mad, right? That's what people, I mean, Dougal, that's how we talk, right? But when we were kids... 
background we were kids. Because, you know, the, the reason we were able to live like that when we were kids is because we lived in neighborhoods. You weren't actually that wild. Everybody on your street knew your name and knew where you lived. And they were telling your parents what you were doing. <laughs> Anybody in the neighborhood, people used to tell us all off, right? Everywhere I went, whatever I was doing, somebody was telling us off. Oi! Come here! always pretended like when someone tells us off we'd always be like, we always have to have a made up name what's your name jordan what's your name smith right all i was doing was throwing lemon lemons at passing cars is normal but see a neighborhood creates safety depending on who's in the neighborhood see it's not every neighborhood you let your kids run free right Right? Because there's some houses in the neighborhood you tell your kids cross the street, on the other, walk on the other side. But God's moved into our neighborhood. When God moved into our neighborhood, He changed the neighborhood. He's changed the nature of our lives. He's changed the nature of how we relate to each other because God lives in the neighborhood. Do you know what makes church a safe place? It's not all of us. It's the fact that God lives here too. He's the one who shapes the neighborhood. He's the one who shapes our relationships, right? How present are we with God? What if God's run out of eggs? Oh, I just need a couple of eggs for pancakes. Me and the angels, we're going to make some pancakes, but I don't know who's on ordering. But how, how open and op- uh, generous are we with God? If He's in the neighborhood, how, what's our relationship to people around us? Are we living in a world like God is? Because come on, as Christians, we're supposed to be like Jesus. Now, what does that even mean? Nails, whip. Crown of thorns, that's a possible possible solution. I'm like Jesus, because look, I'm dead on a cross. Well, we could be like Jesus walking on water, right? Hard to pull off. Isn't it? Who's tried it? Show of hands, who of you have tried it? Alistair has? Yeah. I'm surprised that it didn't work for you, Alistair. Yeah. I would have assumed that was how you got here. But what does it mean to be like Jesus? Well, I think one of the things is we move into the neighborhood. Oh, the people over the back fence, they're Christians. Oh, how do you know? Oh, they're just friendly. They're engaged. They're connected. They're real. They're available. They're present. They're not just a car that drives in and a light that goes on and a car that drives out. Well, they're actually part of the neighborhood. We pray all the time. Come, We want to see a transformed city, right? Oh, Jesus, transform our city. And Jesus is like, come on, let's do it. Let's move into the neighborhood. And that's why I like the, the, the baked beans and the spaghetti baked beans would be better, but noisier. The reality of, of Amanda's idea is that hey, what Amanda is challenging us to do is come on, move into the neighborhood. Move into the neighborhood. Move into someone's neighborhood this Christmas with a, with a box of chocolates or something, a friendly smile. Just move into someone's world. I like it in verse, in uh, the same passage, it talks about he, God moves into the neighborhood. God, God became flesh and blood. The word becomes flesh and blood. And dwells among us. I like that thought. That God actually chose to live among human beings. In this connected and mutual sort of relationship. So God's visible, he's available, and he's mutual. You know, we, you know, Mary and Joseph had to look after Jesus, right? But... The society that he lived in, it, it wasn't just Mary and Joseph. That whole village that he lived in, that, all of those people would look after Jesus. 
You know, God made God made Himself mutual with us. God made it. God made Himself dependent. Wise men bring gifts, gold. How many of that's handy? Handy if you're an impoverished couple with a brand new baby, not yet legally married, right? But a gold's got to be really helpful, isn't it? What's the gold for? It's just a sign of worship. Do you know what's also really useful for? It's like good for paying for food and accommodation, right? Why did they need gold? Well, they needed gold. Why were they in a manger? Well, they're in a manger because all the extended family wouldn't let them in the house. When did when you travel home? Do you do you have to? If all the hotels are full, is that a problem? You travel to your family home, all the hotels are full. Oh, I'm gonna have to sleep in a stable. No, you could actually stay at your mum and dad's house. But not Joseph and Mary. They were traveling to their family whanau area. They couldn't. The, all the hotels were full, so we had to end up staying in the manger. Well, be, why? Because, come on, these people were outcasts. God made himself mutual. God, Jesus was so dependent in the world. This village that had to raise him, this carpentry trade, he was part of this community, right? He was mutual. He's dependent on people around him. God became part of the neighborhood. Do you know, human, human existence, just human existence, it, we are so much more dependent on everybody around us than we would like to believe. We, we really, really are. Oh, I'm a, I'm a self-made man. Do you know what? You can't safely drive your car around town without everybody else's help. You can't negotiate a single traffic light thing without everybody else doing their part, Right? If someone else is, you know, some 20-year-old's driving along in a 1972 Toyota Corolla swearing and shouting out the window, you might die, right? Because they're not paying their part of the bargain, right? They're not paying their part of it. What about that? What about this? Imagine if all of the people who maintain and design the electrical networks for New Zealand, let's say they all decided to shift to Australia. What's our life like without, you know, electricity? You know, I can change a light bulb. I can change an old school fuse. Fortunately, I don't have to anymore. I just flick the little switch. After that, oh, we need to, <laughs> we need solar panels and we need a bicycle for the kids to ride while we're cooking, right? All of all of our life is based on the fact that someone else's gifts and talents and skills is making part of our life work, right? right you know, to, today we, today when you go to the supermarket to buy some lunch, right, and you choose a nice piece of steak. The reason you can eat that is because people like Nigel develop standards so that people in the factories cut it in a way that you can just buy the meat and eat it. You're not picking it up going, oh, I wonder. Oh, I wonder. Nigel may be, right, but we aren't. We just trust him, right? Oh, I don't know. No, why? Because we, we trust. There's a trust in human existence, a mutuality in human existence that's massive. And God chose to join into that. God put himself into this mutual relationship where he's part of it. We know that we're connected and dependent on God, but we're connected and dependent on each other in such a powerful way. God's, you know, God's not just available, but God's able. You know, like Jay, one thing we learned from Jason Tomololo, one player can make a big difference. If you don't get that reference, you need to catch up with what's really happening in the world. <laughs> Like if we're playing touch rugby after church, if we're, playing, if we're going to play rugby league after church, right? There's a lot of people in this room, I'd, l- I'd be happy to have you on the team. But there's only one person whose team I'm going to be on, right? 
right? Because if that's what we do, when it comes to life, come on, God's, God's on our team. God, God's not, we're not just on God's team, God's on our team. It's easy to believe that God might allow us to run the water for his team. But God didn't just do that. God didn't just choose me to be on his team. He also chooses to be on my team, to get behind me, to support me. Do you know one of the scariest scriptures in the Bible is this? It says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to catch people doing the wrong thing. Hey, that's that's what we that's the, that's God that we grow up with. Oh, he's what God is watching us. You know, we think God looks like Bette Midler, which he may he may choose to look like that. Nothing wrong with it. But but the, that scripture, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, is is to see who he can fully support. God's watching us all the time because he wants to get behind us and be part of it. He's like, hey, that looks like a great idea. Let's get, let's encourage these people with their spaghetti eating. God wants to get behind you and help you choke back that oak spaghetti, right? And God wants to get behind your blessing, right? God wants to get behind what we're doing to bless our city. God wants to get behind what we're doing with the with the Take 10 initiative on Courtney Place. God wants to get behind it and support it and all of the things that we're doing. God wants to get behind you as a parent. God wants to support you in your growth as a husband or as a wife. God wants you, God wants all of us to get a ministerial excellence award. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to apply for one. You know, send away 12, 12 barcodes from the week. But yeah, Jesus, Jesus prays for the church in, in John, chapter, uh, John chapter 17. Uh, this is the big punchline. Uh, it says this, just as I didn't join the world's ways, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them from the evil one. They are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Make them holy and consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating truth. Uh, I wasn't expecting this one in a message, but... We reduce this idea down to that we're in the world. God wants us in the world, but he doesn't want us to be of the world. Right? Just the same way that Jesus was in the world, but he was still fully holy. Get the picture that Jesus was, was friends with the people next door. He was friends with his workmates. He was friends with people who were all, from all different walks of life and all different sorts of people. But he was still fully who he was. He still had his own identity, right? He wasn't defined by the world, but he was still connected to it. Do you know, I think the challenge for us is to keep pushing ourselves to be incarnate. That we need to be in the world. We actually need to be in the world, but not of it. But, you know, I think we do a better job of being of the world, but not in it. We do a much better job of knowing what we listen to the same music, watch the same TV shows, right? And in many ways behave the same way as all of the people around us, but we're not friendly with them. Because we're Christians, we keep ourselves a bit separate. We don't talk about what we do in church, and they don't talk about what they do in the clubs, right? But, but, but the challenge for us is to think, now, we've got to turn those things around 
And rather than just being the same as everybody else, but disconnected and weird, we need to be connected and real, but a little bit different. Right? This is our mission, that we can connect with our neighbors, we can connect with our workmates, we can talk and relate with people in a real way, we can engage in the mutuality of human life and the, the proximity of human life, we can connect and be real, right? But at the same time, still having our identity as sons and daughters of God who are touched by God, empowered by His presence, who are full of faith, living with expectation. That way, when the people that we're connected with need something of who God is, they've got access to God because of our proximity, because God made Himself at home in our hearts. So Ephesians chapter 1 says, may God be more and more at home in our hearts as you learn to fully trust in Him. That's Ephesians chapter 3, not 1. Jesus was God made flesh fully incarnate in the world. And the question that I reckon we've got to ask ourselves is, that I, want, I actually want to ask at the moment, so musicians, why don't you come? And uh, we'll finish shortly. But we've got four Christmassy type services. Next week's going to be awesome. We've got the incredible uh, kids' Christmas show, uh, which Lucia's working on her lines for as well, a little bit more complex. Uh, Austin refused to be the sheep. And so Lucia had to pick up the sheep's lines, and Austin's got the lamb job. Uh, the lamb job is a bit more appropriate for Lucia. The lamb job, the lamb just says this, bah, bah, whereas the sheep has to engage in quite detailed theological discussions. So it would have been interesting. But anyhow, it's going to be good fun. So that's going to be good fun. And then we've got a Christmas party, and then we've got our Christmas Eve service. Um, but but I, I really believe across the next four weeks, that actually God wants to make himself visible in your world. God wants to make himself available to you. God, not just, he doesn't want to, ju- doesn't want to. God is making himself more visible. God is make, has made himself available. God has made himself mutual with you. God is, God's relying on you and God wants you to rely on him. And so the question I just want to ask is where in your life, is it, where, in what parts of your life do you need to see God? Do you need to see God move in His power? You maybe need to see God move in His strength? Because I reckon this is these four weeks, these be great weeks for us, not just to think about the historical nature of the Christmas story and the wise men and the manger, the fun of kids and family at Christmas, but to actually think, hey, God, I really need you in my world. Jesus, I need you to make yourself at home in my life, in my world. And so I'm just asking you, maybe close your eyes, bow your head, have a think about where is it that you want God? Where is it that you need God at work? Do you need God's breakthrough in, in, just in terms of your own sense of who you are, the journey of yourself, finding your identity in Him? Do you need God to break through in a work situation or uh, uh, in an area where, where you're under financial pressure? You know, God wants to make Himself visible. He wants to make Himself real in those spaces. God's just not a, not, God isn't just a distant, powerful force. He's also imminently present in our struggles. Now, just identify those spaces in your own life and maybe respond. You can lift your hands where you're sitting. You could stand up if you want to. I'm just going to pray right now. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you, you, Jesus, are so much more than just a thought or an idea, but you really are God. You're fully God. You're fully powerful. You're fully able. And Lord, I right now pray for people responding, Lord God, wanting you, needing you to show yourself strong. Lord God, we thank you that your eyes run to and fro throughout the earth, Lord God, and you see us. Lord God, you see us in our journey of faith. 
Do you see us in our in our attempts to believe, our attempts to step out? Lord God, I just pray for each person, Lord God, as they're responding to you, Lord God, across these next four weeks of December, Lord God, that, that we would see you move. That we'd see you move in a powerful way, Lord God, that you'd break through, Lord, in ways you never have before, Lord God, in ways we've never seen before. Lord, we thank you for the story of Christmas, which is proof, God, that you can do things in ways that are unexpected. And Lord, I pray right now, I just believe there's miracles of the unexpected that are going to be taking place between now and the end of the year. There's miracles of the unexpected. Come on, I really believe it. If you know you, if you need a miracle, jump to your feet right now. I just believe there's miracles of the unexpected. If you know you need a miracle, jump to your feet and lift your hands. Holy Spirit, we just pray right now. God, we just pray right now. And Lord God, we ask for the release of those miracles. Lord, unexpected miracles. Lord God, where you break through. Come on, lift your voice and pray wherever you're standing. Lord God, we know, Lord God, that we need you. Lord God, we know that we need your presence. And we need your power to be at work. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Jesus. Can I just invite everyone to stand up? Do you know, in terms of miracles, my personal belief and approach to life around miracles is if, if we're going to pray, it's sort of a ludicrous thing to do, praying. So if we're going to pray, Let's pray for miracles. <laughs> like if we're gonna if we're gonna be ludicrous, let's be ludicrous. You know, if we're just gonna trust on if I'm just gonna trust in me, I'm just gonna I'm gonna expect the worst. But if I'm gonna trust in God, I'm gonna expect something better than that that I can do by myself, right? So if we're gonna pray, we might as well pray for miracles. And if we're gonna pray for a miracle, why would we pray for a small miracle? Something impossible but small. God, do something I couldn't do, but not so big that it draws too much attention. Come on, if we're going to pray for miracles, let's pray for big miracles. If we're going to pray at all, let's pray for a miracle. Let's not pray prayers like, oh God, help me get to the end of the day. You're going to get to the end of the day. You're going to get there. Let's pray, God, help me overcome the things that are holding me back. Help me break through to the end of what you've called me to do. Help me find your purpose and execute it in this day. Right? Amen. So just, if we need God in our lives to be more visible, if we need God to be more available, more present, if we need God to be more mutual in our world, my challenge is this to you this morning. Where do you need to be more visible? Where is it that you need to be more visible with God, more open and honest? Where is it that you can make yourself more visible, more available, and more mutual in the world around you? Because there's a whole world that needs Jesus. Do you know, everyone in the world is looking for Jesus. They're, they're looking for Jesus. They think they're looking for money. But that money's not going to solve their problems, right? They think they're looking for a girlfriend, but that's not the thing that's going to solve the deep needs in their heart. They think they're looking for a meaningful career, but the reality is there's no meaning in career beyond the call of God that comes upon us that we find in Jesus. Everyone's looking for Jesus. They're just looking in the wrong places. Maybe, 
This Christmas, you're going to get an opportunity to talk to someone about Jesus for the very first time. Maybe this Christmas, you're going to have the opportunity just to share your own understanding of who God is, what God's done in your own world. The beauty of the modern world is that no one can argue with what you say is true for you. <laughs> you don't have to know about dinosaurs and Noah's Ark. You don't, have to, you don't have to have an opinion about gay marriage. or We don't need opinions about any of those things. What we, need to, what we need and what people need from us is our own story. This is who I was and this is what God's done in my world. And this is how Jesus can help you. Right? All the other things can confuse us, right? But do you know what all we need to do? All we need to do is just be flesh and blood human beings and move into the neighborhood. Let's move outside of our emotional gated community. Let's move outside of our financial protections. Let's move outside of our, our, our sense of awkward. And let's connect with people around us. Amen. Come on, if you want to do that, why don't you lift your hands? Let's pray the Holy Spirit motivates us. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit to enable transformation in our own heart. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your awesome presence. Lord God, we just thank you for our great city. We thank you for our friends, our family, our workmates, our neighbors, our people we know from school. Lord, we pray this morning for them. Lord God, that you'd help us to be real. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's, can we sing this worship song together? You are my 
just as you have your heads bowed and eyes closed. Perhaps you're here this morning and maybe you've never made a decision to acknowledge Jesus. He's King of Kings, He's Lord of Lords, but He's also our Savior. He didn't just come as a baby, but He lived a powerful life. And then He died in our place, taking upon Himself the penalty for our sin so that we could receive from Him His righteousness and His standing with God as a Son of God. And He took upon Himself all of our sin, all of the brokenness of the whole world. That's why Christmas is a powerful celebration because we're remembering and focusing our attention on the fact that God Himself paid the price to save humanity from the destruction of sin. And this morning, if you've never made a decision to acknowledge Jesus, or perhaps you've made that decision, but for whatever reason, maybe right now you're far away from God. Could I invite you to acknowledge Jesus this morning as your Savior? We're going to pray together. And you can begin a journey again to understand His love for you, His transforming power in you. And you can begin to understand your purpose in the world and the call that He has a place upon your life. And you can live a life free from some of the things that are holding you back right now. So while everyone else has got their heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're wanting to respond to Jesus this morning, in a moment we're going to pray. But before we do, could you just give me a quick wave by lifting your hand? Could you acknowledge that, yeah, that's me this morning. I want to acknowledge Jesus as my Savior, either for the very first time or as a recommitment. Just lift your hand. Give me a quick wave. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it back down. It's obviously there's no pressure to do this. This is an opportunity for you to acknowledge Jesus. I haven't seen anybody's hand just yet. But if you want to do that, just lift your hand right now, and then we're going to pray in just a second. Awesome, church. Just before we finish with a song of praise, I wonder if you could allow the Holy Spirit to drop into your heart or in your mind someone that you could begin to pray for. Who's, is there someone that you could begin praying for that God would work in their world? Maybe they live in Wellington, maybe they live out of town. But is there a friend or family member or work colleague just want to allow the Holy Spirit to bring someone to mind. Even say, Holy Spirit, who could I start praying for, believing for? Who could I begin working to begin to engaging faith that you'd work in their world? So just when you thought of someone, maybe lift your hands and let's begin. Let, maybe let's take 30 seconds and let's pray. Okay, and if you can't think of anybody, maybe you could pray, God, God, draw, bring someone across my path this week who's someone I could begin to connect with, build a relationship with. Come right across the room, let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that we don't, we don't just float through life, but God, that you're allowing us to be an influence in the world around us. Lord, an influence for good, for love, an influence of love, of hope, of joy. Lord, I pray, Lord God, this week, Lord God, that you give us opportunities. Lord God, you give me opportunities. Lord God, to reach out to somebody who needs your love, to reach out to somebody who needs your presence in their world. And Lord, we pray that we'd have opportunities to invite them, Lord God, to, to invite them to you, invite them to church, to minister your love to them, we pray. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Can we finish with a song of praise? Are you ready to praise God? Okay, remember this, remember this. While we're celebrating Christmas, let's remember Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't celebrate Christmas. That wasn't what he was here for, to celebrate Christmas. We're celebrating the fact that he's here. 
right? We're celebrating the fact that He came. Let's, you know, any chance you get at your workplace, throw up a little nativity scene. You know, get some Lego man, make it happen, right? Wherever you can, just make Jesus present, right? Maybe you don't get fired, uh, right? But let's make Jesus present because it's, it's not about Christmas, it's about Christ, about His love, eh? amen? Very good. Don't get me wrong, I love presents, I love Pavlova as much as everybody else, right? But, it, but let's allow Jesus to be big in our world, amen? Very cool. Let's praise God. Thanks, team.